0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The following is a Talking Buds podcast special presentation. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the bar is open. Come on in and join the buds for a Maple Leafs postseason pint. My friend Harry and I would uh, like to buy you guys a round of beers. You fellas been doing a bit of boozing, have you? Sucking back on Grandpa's old cough medicine? Wash it down with one beer, two beers, three beers. This is the Talking Buds podcast. At some point during our previous episode, you said something to the effect of if someone were to go back and listen to every episode we've done in order, it would be one show, this team sucks, we hate them, they're going nowhere, the next show, this team's amazing, that's what we want to see, we bleed blue and white. All positive. And Rai, I have a feeling that that trend is going to continue. You think so, eh? You think I'm just going to j- jump on the optimism after that? I'm What makes you think I'm going to do that? I think that that was a- as good as you could have hoped for. That was a dominant 60-minute performance. Like up and down the lineup. Like I'm gonna have a difficult time picking bum of the night because I thought everybody played well and contributed. And I just thought like that that's that's what you wanna see. They there should be little doubt left in anyone's mind in that dressing room who the more talented team is after that hockey game. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. The Columbus Blue Jackets were awful. Awful. I thought the roles completely reversed from game one to game two. But the difference is, like you just alluded to, when the Leafs dominate, it can look like that. A just scoring chance fest. And when the Blue Jackets dominate, the Leafs don't see ice. They can't get any chances. And the Blue Jackets do what they have to do to win the hockey game. My biggest takeaway from tonight, or this afternoon, I should say, or this evening, whatever whatever one you like, all the things we've been hearing about how Kyle Dubis wants his hockey team to play, I thought this game was probably out of his textbook of how he wants them to play and how when they're at their best how they are going to play. I'm sure he was up there just so excited, just so fired up because when they, when he talks about puck possession and having skilled players and just creating scoring chances and using your speed to dominate and your skill to dominate hockey games, tonight was the first time I have ever seen that executed for 60 minutes. So you just answered the question I was about to ask you, which is, in your opinion, was that the best 60 minutes you've seen this team put together all season? Is it the best 60 minutes? Maybe. Because I'm, I remember there was a couple of games where they played pretty well. It, it, it depends. Like, best 60 minutes, I don't know. But it is for sure the best 60 minutes in Kyle Dubas's eyes. Because that is exactly the gameplay plan he talks about. And that is exactly the philosophy that he wants to live by. And that was 100% executed in this hockey game. The um, most notable change going into the game was Austin Matthews centering Mitch Marner and Zach Hyman and John Tavares centering William Nylander and Ilya Mikheyev. That proved to be the right decision. I thought Mitch was better today. And I thought John Tavares just, he heard our criticism. He heard your description when you called him bum of the night after game one and came out and delivered today. Yeah, I'm damn happy to see it too. I I had a big goofy smile on my face watching that guy play hockey today because it sucks criticizing him because we love him. I have a little bit of fun criticizing Nylander and and Marner. Like it doesn't hurt me as much, but criticizing John, just a, a guy you know you would love and a good captain, it hurts me. So I had a big smile on my face when, when he was doing what he was doing today. Austin Matthews, once again, a dominant force. Scoring the first goal, solving the Jonas Corpus Allo puzzle that up until midway through the second, they had not been able to solve. And I was getting very nervous about it. Very nervous about it. Was like, great, now they're going to come out, they're going to dominate, and they're not going to score, and then they're going to give up a cheapie. But they pulled through, man. Obviously, the big story was the end of the game. Under two minutes left, Jake Muzzin um, taking sort of a cross-check in the back from Pierre-Luc Dubois, who was probably taking out frustration from the absolute earful he got on the bench from John Tortorella earlier in the game. And Muzzin sort of falling awkwardly, like on his neck, it looked like, and then being stretchered off the ice in like a really scary, eerie situation with no fans in the building. Um, All reports are that he's been taken to a hospital and he's going to have to quarantine for a few days when he comes back. So odds are, Ryan, we are not going to see Jake Muzzin in the lineup for games three and four on Thursday and Friday. And even though he, like a lot of other guys, I don't think had his best game in game one. I thought he was much better today and a huge, huge component of their penalty kill. And he's one of their top four D, so it's that's a huge loss for them. Dude, this is a massive loss for them. This sucks for them, man. He's their second best defenseman, in my opinion. Yep. And just a solid dude that, that 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 just ruined the game for me at the end there like it didn't ruin the game but you know what i mean like it just put a horrible cloud over it and it's it was just damn sad to see in my opinion the second best defenseman on the team and, and, a, and a leader on this team yep. go down in, in, in an injury that no one understands no they kept calling it a stinger on the broadcast and but he, he was able uh You could tell he was able to move his arms and legs and he was talking to the trainers. So I think whenever you're dealing with a neck situation, they take full precaution, which is why they stretchered him off the ice. Yeah. Well, when a guy's wiggling his hands around it to see if he can get some feeling out of them, I think that's a little uh, scary. So, like I said, I don't anticipate seeing him in the lineup on Thursday and Friday. But they're just gonna to have to overcome, man. Like they're gonna to have to figure it out. You got to think maybe uh, Martin Marincin or um, Rasmus Sandin mm, might draw Martin in. Martin Marincin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. I'm Marty. guessing. I'm Marty. guessing. I'm guessing. Marincin draws in, and you move Barry up to play with Hole, and then so your third pair becomes Dermot and Marincin. Marty Marincin. Yeah. Marincin. Yeah, yeah that, that, that hurts my feelings a little bit, but I guess that's the reality. Guys are going to go down. So, I mean, you just got to plug away. I'm not fired up about it because I know the player that's stepping in to replace him and I'm, and I'm sure he's a great guy, but I think I've seen enough of his game over the past couple of years that it doesn't get me too fired up that he's replacing the second best defenseman on the team. After the game, Tort said, "Toronto was really good. We sucked." Hundred percent. How much of today's game was that? Was it more the Leafs dominating and playing their game, and as you put earlier, executing Kyle Dubas' vision, or was it the Columbus Blue Jackets were awful? And let me let me just before you answer that, let me give you an example of like kind of where I'm going with this. So. Columbus 0 for 4 on the power play today. The Leafs penalty kill is vastly improved. No, like, there's no two ways about it. However, that Columbus Blue Jacket power play is not good at all. So, how much of this was you think the Blue Jackets just had a crap game versus the Leafs executing? I think it was an 80 20 Leafs 80% played. An incredible hockey game, and, and the Jackets 20% were awful. I think the way the Leafs were playing forced the Jackets to to be on their heels, but it just, it just never turned around. Like, just the whole game was just kind of in the same. Leafs getting tons of chances, dominating possession, and the, they were just... Like, the, like, we criticized the Leafs last game about a lot of guys flat-footed, slow... And I thought they just kind of traded places tonight. Like The the forwards for the Jackets were just nowhere to be found. Yeah. Seth Jones was all over the ice doing what he could, but I didn't see anything good from any forward on that Blue Jackets team tonight. But the Leafs, if they're going to play that good, maybe when they are that good, they can make a team like that look silly because the Blue Jackets are a hell of a hockey team. We know what happened in the playoffs last year. They they play a good, tight-checking game, but we're not talking about the 85 Oilers here or the, the Washington Capitals of today. Like, this team can be beat, and the Leafs are the favorites, and if they play like that, I understand why. All right, I'm going to get you going on the power play here. 0 for 5 on the power play. Um, I didn't think it was all that bad today. I thought a few of those power plays that were actually pretty good other than Jonas Korpisalo. But, um, I would say three of them were good. Two of them were garbage. We, uh, we still continue to see power play struggles. And this is something that as they continue to go along here, they have to get fixed and capitalize on. This, this is an anomaly. Like, this is crazy to me. Like they, they have their issues getting in the zone. We, we, we've talked about that at nauseum, but once they get in the zone for a bunch of guys who are capable of scoring 30 plus goals in this league I don't know they just don't have a play or, or a shooter you know like it's just Marner gets the puck and he either does the slap pass or he tries to find Matthew like there's just like you know when you're playing the Washington Capitals Ovi is waiting and, and the Tampa Bay Lightning Kucherov, Stamkos they're waiting Leon Dreisaitl is waiting. For the Leafs, it's it's like they get the puck in the zone. They're all very skilled players. They can move the puck once they have possession of it, but they just don't have that money-in-the-bank 50-50 play, you know? I, just, I, I think they need... All these guys can shoot the puck, but they just don't have that ability to just scare you on the power play. And it, it's weird to me. I don't understand why it just doesn't click in the O zone. One thing I did notice tonight... Is the second unit Even though it's kind of just a collection of dudes They are way better at the drop pass Jason Spezza is way better at the drop pass In the neutral zone Than Marner and Riley and Matthews Like the way they get in the zone with that is phenomenal But once they get in the zone They're not as strong as the first unit But I was Go back and watch the game man Jason Spezza can run that drop pass like a legend Yeah Savvy veteran man yeah, you reminded me bringing up the second unit. What would you think of Nick Robertson? I loved him. Oh, loved him. I, I, he's the new shiny toy, so obviously I'm gonna get fired up. But I don't want to. I want to stay on the positive note and just focus on the game that we just watched. But I watched Nick Robertson play, and it's a very small sample size, and it just makes me angry that we gave in to a William Nylander. In terms of contract negotiations. Like, to me, this guy's already a better hockey player than William Nylander is. He definitely... Or has the the potential to be. He definitely seems to, like, work a little harder. Dude, this guy works, man. And he shoots the puck. Yep. He shoots the puck. He's a small guy. He's got all the skill in the world. He's got speed. And he's working, guys. Like, he's a small guy. You see him get low... He gets low and he just get gets going and he fights and he's drawing penalties and he's even taking penalties, which isn't always a great thing. But at least, you know, he's in the, he's in the muck if he's doing that. I, like thought, I that, thought he was great, man. I thought he was phenomenal. I thought that whole line again was really good. I thought Alex Kerfoot was very good today. I thought he was in on the four check, pressuring guys down low. I thought he was great on the penalty kill. He's turning into one of their better penalty killers. Good on the face off circle. I um I like that line a lot. Uh um Kasperi Kapanen in front of the net, mucking it up a little bit with some of the yeah, blue he gets jackets. In there. He players. got punched in the face pretty good. Yeah, I know, I know. He's he, he he's got an edge. Cappy's got an edge. Yeah, he'll he'll get in there. But we yeah, just, that, I just yeah, go go ahead, sir. What'd you think of the Kyle Clifford hit to start oh, the game? Oh dude, I was gonna bring that up. <laughs> I was like, this guy may only see max five minutes a night, but like, man When's the last time you saw a leaf just set the tone with a banger? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. You dummied that guy. I know. Just destroyed him, man. I know. I know. Right off the bat, just runs him over in the corner. It was awesome. Just a clean 100 mile an hour hit and just dummied him. I was so fired up, man. I know. I know. It was epic. Yeah. It was epic. All right. Well, we're, we're kind of headed in that direction right now, so let's do Bum of the Night, Beauty of the Night. Hit the music. It's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty. We've been pretty positive thus far, so we'll start off. Uh, let's get the bums out of the way. It's going to be a hard one tonight because the team... Uh, as a whole, played really, really well, I thought. Um, I'm going with, for my bum of the night, Ryan, I'm going with your boy, Travis Dermott. I did not think he was very good tonight. I think he, I don't know what's going on, if he's nervous, or, but he's he turned the puck over a couple times trying to clear it out of the zone and does the thing where he comes behind the net and then he has to like rethink what he's doing and circle back or do a weird sort of cross ice pass in his own zone that ends up being sketchy. Um, I know he doesn't have a lot of help with Tyson Berry as his partner, who also just, again, like continues to just unimpress night in and night out. But I think Travis Dermott, just settle down, bro. Settle down. You're a good hockey player. Settle down. Yeah, bum of the night, man. That's tough. I, I don't want to cop out because, but, like, man, you, you look up and down their roster, and, and you can nitpick. Like, I don't mind your pick, but I, I I wanted to say William Nylander because I just think the guy five on five is just no good. No good at all. And I'll just go with him, to be honest he's, with you. He, honestly? Dude, he's a good hockey player, man. I, I just, I, he's the guy, he's my, go, like, He's my scapegoat, man. No, but to your point, but it's like, I think maybe it's because like this market has just talked about him so much so you notice him more. It's like, when he is floating, he stands out. Like, the amount of times in a game that I notice him just sort of floating around or not going hard after a puck or turning left when he should be turning right, like, I notice it every game. And I'm not a Nylander hater, but I just like he stands out his his like lackadaisical shifts really stand out this is just personal preference to me at this point I'm people accuse me of picking on him and you're I, honestly at this point like I almost can't disagree because I almost do pick on him and he reminds me a lot of Phil castle which if you we didn't do a podcast when Phil was on this team, but for the people who were around me in that era, knew that I was not a big Phil Kessel fan. But the one thing I'll give Phil is Phil was good for 80 points a year and over 30 Genos a year. And to me, William Nylander is a less skilled, less fast Phil Kessel. And I watch Nick Robertson out there, small sample size, but you look at the intangibles and just the small um, glimpses of, the type of game he's going to bring to this hockey team with probably almost the same amount of skill, a guy who dummied the OHL, who can shoot the puck, and what I've seen so far gets in the muck. And we fall in love with the guys we draft. And just, we bent over backwards to get this guy signed, and it just, I don't want to get into a huge tangent, but I just think he is just a... Um, he's just nothing special to me, man. Five on five. I just think he's just kind of irrelevant. He'll make a nice play. He'll chip in no doubt. Nice pass. he'll shoot the puck and and score a nice goal every now and again. But I just, I just, I don't love him. If I was a coach and I'm looking at my lineup and I'm trying to implement a system, I'm looking at his name on my board and I'm just not that fired up. That's just my personal opinion while watching this hockey team. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people share your sentiment, and I think a lot of people don't, and he, that's what makes him so polarizing. It's fascinating. And, to, and tonight was a great game. Like everyone had a great game. Yep. He had a go. He didn't have a horrible game. He had a great game. Yep. Or not a great game, but he had, he had an okay game. But I'm just, I just, I'm watching it, and I'm just like, this guy, I just, he leaves you wanting more. Yeah, I just, yeah. I don't know. I just, he's my, he's the guy I just always look to, and I'm just always just. Always going to want more out of him. Always. Yeah. yeah. All right. Beauty of the night. Um, awesome Matthews, the obvious choice, but I'm going to go with Freddie Anderson just because there were moments in the night where he was like ice cold. The, the Leafs are dominating the play in the blue Jackets' zone. And every time they needed him to step up and make a big save to sort of calm the play down in their end, he was right there to do it. I, when Freddie is locked in, I always say this when he is locked in, it's in his body language. He's not jittery. He's just, he's methodical and he tracks the puck so well. And he just always makes a save that calms everything down. And, I'm getting that sense from him. Although Craig Simpson was doing his best to jinx it there at the end of the game. Oh, my God. The amount of times in the last five minutes that Craig Simpson felt the need to say, Freddie Anderson's only allowed one goal thus far in this series. It's like, thanks. Thanks, Craig. Thanks. Yeah, no. And, and honestly, if I'm Freddie tonight, you're looking at the scoreboard and looking at the shot clock and being like, finally, I'm on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. This is what it feels like yeah, yeah. to be on the other side of this. Yeah, yeah. To not have a lot of, even though he had to make some tough stops, no doubt. But I'm not getting a I'm not the one getting 39 of shots, shots on him. Yeah, 39 shots hurled at me. Yeah, yeah. So, man, he must have been fired up. But my beauty is, uh, I'm going to go with a two-pack. Um, Number one. Uh we ripped them the past couple episodes about the Leafs defense core. I mean, no one in particular stood out, but I thought it was as good as a collective effort that they've given in a very long time going back to the regular season. Yeah. Um sure. they they all had some 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 glimpses of of their kind of old ways, but I thought for the most part they they played as as well as they could have played. And I'm just happy. I'm happy for them. I'm going to give them their due because we. I've been ripping them. So if they're going to play well, i got to give them their due. At number two, watching John Tavares score that goal, yes. I got goosebumps, man. Yes. I got goosebumps. That yes. fired me up. Captain John. He was so happy. He was so happy. He was, he was all over the net, and he finally got the most – probably the most clear-cut opportunity he's had in, since he's been a Maple Leaf. And just – put the ego aside and didn't do the flashy move. Didn't try to go top shelf. Just waited for a simple little hole to open up between the blocker or in between the body and the blocker arm and just slid it in. And man, that got me fired. He got, I got goosebumps watching that. That was awesome. Well, we're all even at ones now, Ryan, we were pretty down in the dumps after game one. And look at us just following our talking buds trend. Just riding a high after game two. Yeah, well, it's pretty. It's pretty obvious the 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 ha- the habits that this team has. Yes. Clearly, they go out and just absolutely soil themselves. Yeah, and then find a way to come back and just absolutely uh, put belief back in your head. Belief. that maybe they can do this. Believe. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, that was good. So game four. Or game three, excuse me, goes Thursday at 8 p.m. And then game four will go on Friday. Yes, August 7th is is Friday. Um, You think I remember that? That was the day that I was supposed to get married. Um, But not happening. Thanks, COVID-19, for that. Yeah, Um, dick. Yeah, I know. But the the time for Game Four on Friday is TBD. So I'm guessing it'll be another 8 p.m. start. Like I find it hard to believe they'd have them go an 8 p.m. and then bring them back the next day for like a noon or a 2:30. I don't know. That's just me. Um, but yeah, we're guaranteed at least two more Leaf games, Ryan. You know, I was I was driving to work this morning and I was sad. I'm like, what if this postseason pine thing only lasts three episodes? Oh, well, we're we're uh, we're guaranteed for it to last at least four now. Jackets and three, Leafs and five. Ah, so you know what that means? That means you're, we're headed towards your Leafs and five prediction. That means one of those is completely eliminated. Yes. And even though this team tonight, they they have maybe their best game of the year, but we know that. The consistency has been an issue. So we might be riding high, but don't get it wrong. I'm still a Jaded Leaf fan, and <laughs> it's a fresh start for me. I'm not expecting anything I saw tonight on Thursday. I'm going to go in with a fresh mind, because I know what this team is capable of doing and what they're capable of not doing. Oh, they've they've definitely shown that like a uh, game like that momentum is... Uh... Not there there's no evidence that says moment momentum won't transfer from this game to the next game. Like it's entirely possible they come out in game three and are just brutal. So let's hope that the layoff, the fresh legs sort of help change that. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm not I'm not going in on Thursday going, well, you dominated on uh Tuesday, so let's see that again. Yeah, you need to continue having stellar goaltending and you need to do if anything, you may not dominate possession as much as you did in this game, but take the mentality of how much you shot the puck and how many pucks you fired on net. Yep. And and the goals you did score that was it. were were just one was a chip in and one was a uh an elite goal scorer finding a hole like it wasn't it wasn't somebody sniping top shelf well that you know what you just said it and like that was my biggest thing coming out of game one was like we're you're you're fighting for your playoff lives you're fighting for your season it's time to abandon the highlight reel and just start throwing pucks at the net and I thought there was way way more of that this afternoon and it it worked out in their favor so more of that please I'd rather you throw 50 shots on the net and get shut out. Yes. And you know what? You got to, it sucks. The luck might not go your way, but you can can hand it off to the other goalie. When you go out and you just pass it around like a bunch of idiots for 60 minutes, like that's when I start to get a little pissed off. Before we get out of here, I would be remiss if I didn't get your take on Connor McDavid. Guys, literally, might be the best hockey player to ever play the game. Like, yeah. let's just let's just be honest here. In terms of like, no one's ever touching Wayne. Like, don't get me wrong, but when it comes to just speed, like, that just goal silly he man. scored silly. Like, it's it's dumb. Anybody who's listening to this podcast has seen the highlight a hundred times. It's like not even fair. Yeah, the guy is just the speed is unbelievable. It like, is it's unbelievable. just crazy, man, and that. I like what uh, Zigomanis said this morning. He was just kind of comparing the Leafs and the Oilers and how similar they are. And it's true. It's like Austin Matthews can go to his best game. Connor McDavid can go have his best game. But until these teams collectively and consistently defend and put in effort up and down the lineup, like they're not going anywhere. They're very similar hockey teams, actually, in that respect. I think the Leafs are a little bit deeper, but... You saw that today with the Leafs, Ryan. Consistent effort up and down the lineup, and look at this. We're all singing their praises and saying that that was their best 60 minutes of the season. And 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 Austin Matthews is is playing like a top five hockey player yes, in the NHL yes, right now. Yes, he, uh, his his strength on his stick yep. is unreal. And he's this. taking the body. He's taking the body down low, and he's getting in the in the scrum. I know that I've taken some heat from some of our talking buds listeners on some of my Matthews takes in the past. So I just want to make it abundantly clear right now what he's doing and how he's playing is exactly what I've been wanting to see. He is a dominant elite. every single time he is on the ice. Yeah, dude, he's been unbelievable. Yes. He's been phenomenal. He's recognizing that he's a bigger man. So get in those dirty areas behind the net and do some damage. I'm not saying go in there and run anybody over. I'm saying you're bigger than half these guys, so do what you've been doing. Just push them off the puck. You can do it. Another thing, too, that I've noticed is... Through these two games, I think Sheldon Keith has made it abundantly clear that this is Austin Matthews' team. Like, I, I just think he's sticking him on the ice more than everybody else, and he's giving him every opportunity to be the top dog, not only on this team but one of the top dogs in this league. And I just think that if that is something that's going through Keith's head, that. That's just he should keep doing that. So, are you saying that Sheldon Keefe thinks that Austin Matthews is a good pro? Yeah, he good pro, good player, good pro. Yeah, I I just think he's. I think they they handed John the C, and it's almost a good thing. He'd take that's just an added pressure. Yes. So it's like Austin Matthews not the captain. We all know he's the guy who who's he's the he's the man. But he doesn't need to be the captain. I I just think these past two games, it's just my observation, I don't know if anyone else has seen it, but I think that Keith has really made it clear that Austin Matthews is going to be on the ice every single opportunity that he could put him on the ice over anyone else. It's just a shame that we're not still back in uh November and making sure that Freddie, the goat has the same amount of ice time as Austin Matthews. Even I'll see some Kyle Clifford a little bit more. If he's throwing bombs like that. Well, I thought, I thought, um, good guy. Pierre Engvall was a vast improvement on that fourth line over Freddie, the goat. Yeah. No crap. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyways, that'll do it for us this week. Oh, not this week, actually. We got two more games this week. What am I talking about? I'm still operating like you're this is You're in a routine, man. You need to get out of that. Yeah, I know. That's just me on autopilot right there. Absolutely. That'll do it for just us Just not tonight. paying attention. Yeah, just not paying attention. Just just going like through the motions. Yeah, just mailing it in. Yeah, just... Right, just you're doing your little sign-off. You know it's mail-in time. Sleeping you're on auto. Swimming through my sign-off. Yeah, sleepy time. That'll do it for us tonight... We will see you guys after games three and four. Thank you very much for downloading. Go Leafs, go. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Hi, I'm Matt Cundall, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the podcast about broadcast. Every week since 2016, we've been bringing on broadcast leaders to talk about their experiences in radio, what they've seen, and where they believe it is all going. If you live and love radio, subscribe to the Sound Off podcast with Matt Cundall wherever you get your podcasts.